Hey everybody, it's me, Randy, from Sunday Night's Main Event, and welcome to Sunday Night's Main Event, February Free Week, a week of a whole bunch of new shows. Like this next one, Steve Swift's rambling AEW Dark Review, highly entertaining. And if you like this show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash SNME radio, or if you like any other shows on the network, that is patreon.com forward slash SNME radio, and for a dollar a week, you can enjoy all of them. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash SNME radio. I think we can safely say that of all the, is it four, Dynamite, Rampage, Elevation, Dark, yes, of all the four main AEW shows, Dark is probably nestling at the bottom. That's not to say it's bad, but I saw Elevation yesterday for this Sunday night's main event network, which I am loving, and um, it had some main event quality matches on it. You know, it had some people that you thought, well, I've seen you on Dynamite. It had a a sense of importance. Dark doesn't have as much of a sense of importance, but it has a sense of warmth. And part of that warmth will be Excalibur and Taz really having a good time. Taz laughing it up. And they bring some really much-needed enjoyment to this. Not that it's a bad show or anything. No, no, no. It's 50 minutes with lots of matches. And I remember when it was an hour and a half. Blimey. But it's in a studio, crowd a bit quieter, and um, it could go for nothing if it, if it didn't have its own atmosphere. And it does, thankfully. That atmosphere is, as I say, warm and welcoming. As if they're saying, come in. Come into this place and watch people beat each other up. Yes, and 50 minutes later, go home after seeing people beat each other up. Yes. Now, I'm very glad to see some big names dotted about this 50 minutes or so. And I'm also glad to see some names that I know having a run in AEW. For instance, Blake Christian. Yes. Now here, he's fighting the Spanish announced project's Serpentico with Luther. Luther doesn't get involved at all here. I don't know if he goes back to the dressing room for a well-earned cup of tea. Or, or, or perhaps some kind of cold drink. I don't know. Anyway, I saw Serpentico yesterday on Elevation, and I like his work. I think Blake Christian, I've seen him so many times lately in NJPW, such good work. I think he's a phenomenal wrestler. And I'm not saying that Sir Pentico isn't either. And they have a really good match together here. So Sir Pentico starts early on as if to say, yeah, this is this is my house, mate. Nice hurricane runner, nice flatliner. But when Blake Christian can come back with a suplex, a kip up to a corkscrew kick, which makes Sir Pentico bail. Well, he wants some time on the outside, but there are no timeouts in wrestling. You could do that tea thing with your hands, but no. And um, Blake Christian hits a Fosbury over the top, and get this, he lands on his feet. 
That is just amazing. Then back in the ring, he hits a ripcord Spanish fly. And as if that wasn't enough to end this match, a springboard 450 and gets the pin from that. Well deserved, Mr. Christian. Well deserved. And you know what? I want to see you again in AEW. Again and again and again. Yeah. Next, we've got someone else I saw yesterday on Elevation. Roosh versus Aiden Park. Now, Roosh does seem to be a little bit over here. They are changing his name when he comes out. And uh, Aiden Park's making his AEW debut. Now then, I wonder, you don't need to be Sherlock Holmes, eh, Watson, to work out who's going to win this one. Ahaha! But you never know, Aiden Park might get a surprise victory over Bruce, who's going to be fighting Brian Danielson on Dynamite. No, he won't, will he? No, no, he won't. In fact, Roosh gets on him straight away. Into the guardrails. And then he uses his cord spot. You know the one. Takes a cord on the outside and, um, and throttles with it and whips with it. Yeah, it has been a nice lime green cord. And he's been looking good on that. It, it, it suits him very well. But this is an orange cord. Oh, very nice. It goes very well with his ring attire and he's rocking that cord. Well, no, he's not rocking it. He's choking and whipping with it, to be perfectly honest. He does it a lot, doesn't he, Roosh? Roosh, should I say. That, um, that cord spot. And, you know, I'm beginning to wish he didn't. Anyway, Park then gets some chops and punches in. But only so, Roosh can smack him down with one right hand. Yes, he then hits the buckle suplex, which is a little short. Park just kind of grazes his feet. It's not his fault, is it? And then there's the, um, quite nasty actually, really jolts his head back, the bull's horns, for the pin. And um, no doubt we will see Roosh again, and no doubt we will see him using that cord again. Somebody confiscate it, will you? Go on, Tony Khan, confiscate it. Now, we really are packing the matches in. 50 minutes, loads of matches. Next, Megan Myers versus Kira Hogan. I like Kira Hogan's work. And I want to see her have more in AEW, really, to be honest. Because it's been a patchy picture, I think. They traded headlocks early on in this match. And I thought, oh dear, so I go out and make a sandwich. And then Megan Myers hit something which was, well, it was interesting. It was a, a sort of handstand into a Rana, Hurricane Rana. I don't think we need to see it again, but it was interesting that it was done, you know. Kira Hogan then came back with a nasty hip attack, which because Megan Myers was draped over the ropes, choked her on those ropes. I like that a lot. But Hogan wasn't done. Oh no, oh no, no, no. You've got a flying clothesline, a basement drop kick, and then a very smart snap suplex for the pin. She looked good doing it. Megan Myers gave her a little bit of offense back. It was just a bit more than a squash, and I'll take that. Next, Dante Casanova is getting very angry. He's seething. Ooh, how dare you? Don't know if he's saying that, but he looks like he's seething because Dalton Castle with the boys. Now listen, I saw the boys, the Tate twins, you know, on elevation yesterday. 
and they seem to accept an offer to join the Dark Order. They certainly left with them. So what's going on? A bit of continuity error here. Oh well, at least I'd, I'd do like to see them there. And Dalton Castle is a special talent. I've always thought that. He gets a long entrance and that is quite right. He really sells it. He knows what's going on in the ring. He knows what's going on with his character. And he knows what's going on outside that ring. Love it. He also knows how to use the ring. And he bails fairly quickly after a, a Dante Casanova back elbow. Oh, not having that. <laughs> and back in the ring, basement DDT. But he has to bail again. And he's, the great thing about this is that the crowd can be a bit quiet on Dark. But he's, um, he's jawing at himself and at Casanova. And the crowd are picking up on his comments. And they're laughing. Which is just brilliant to see. You don't get that very often, you know. Back in the ring, he hits a sudden T-bone suplex. And um, so good, he did it twice. Do, 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 T-bone suplex. Yeah, he gives it to us twice and then hits that bangerang for the pin. It was a great deal of fun. And afterwards, when the, uh, the boys were fanning him, he kind of got the vapours and just collapsed and then rolled out the ring. Then he went to, um, to go, but came back. Still on the top step. And it looked like, it was just out of shot, but it looked like he was grinding his hips. <gasps> grinding, you know. And there was a bloke in the crowd who was just overcome with delight because Dalton Castle was nearby him and he was doing that action, I think. That is just extraordinary. And Dalton Castle is over. Please put him on Dynamite regularly. Please put him on Rampage. Rampage could really do with that. Just a little bit of fun. That's what we need. F-U-N. Remember that? Next. We've got the Trust Busters. Hang on a minute. Am I... Have I missed something? I thought the Trust Busters were done. You know, it was the faction led by Arya Davari. Most of them had gone. Arya Davari, on elevation, was with the varsity athletes. He had the same sort of colours on as... Uh, Tony Nice, sort of ultramarine blue. Very nice, nice design. And I thought that was it. Parker Boudreaux's gone. He's gone to Swerve's faction. I thought that the, the Trustbusters had gone, which, which left a hole for another faction, and that had been filled by Swerve and his faction, whatever it's called, I'm not interested. But now, the Trustbusters are still here. Because here's Slim J with Sunny Kiss and a bloke called Jeeves K. Now, I think he's called Jeeves because he's some kind of butler. How do you know? Well, he has a towel draped across his arm. In the way that butlers would do. Chin-chin, don't you know? And all of that. Yeah, it's not really upstairs, downstairs, but never mind. Now, I have never really... I've never seen uh, Slim J in the ring. I've only... I just... I discounted him because I thought, oh, you're one of the trust busters. You're not really doing anything. But here, he has a really good showing against who? Mascara Dorada. Love that. Have enjoyed watching Mascara Dorada in NJPW recently. And the great thing about this match, and it's the match of the show, is that Slim J can hang with him. Let me tell you some of the action that transpired in this year match. Early on, Slim J, well, right at the beginning, really, Slim J cinches in a headlock 
Dorado just gets out of it easily and then puts him in a bow and arrow as if it's the easiest thing in the world. It's beautiful, very nice, but and they're countering each other really well. When it goes to the outside, of course, Sonny is there, have a bit of a go, and um, caught very nicely by Excalibur this, and he was right. Slim J hits a diving reverse DDT. That was beautiful to see. But Dorada came back with a torneo on all three of them, and then a massive springboard splash. He really flew. He almost grazed the lights on that one. But this is an interesting move, isn't it? I've called it a half straight jacket backstabber. It was delivered by Slip J, and he had Dorada's arm around his throat and hit the backstabber from there. So sort of a half straight jacket. It was great. I want to see it again. What are you going to call it? Anyway, the end came and it was well plotted this and very believable. Slim J Mr. Moonsault, so Dorada clearly thought, well, I can do that as well. He hit his and got the pin. Very, very nice. I like that a lot. And I was very glad to see Mascara Dorada and Slim J impressed me. Now, next, we've got a team who I've seen before. They're currently in OVW. They have an 80s gimmick and they're called the Outrunners. Now, you thought I was going to say Midnight Heat there, didn't you? No, but Turbo Floyd and Truth Magnum from the Outrunners have been doing this for some time. But as I keep mentioning, well, I think Midnight Heat did it first. You know, they're in championship wrestling from Hollywood, Atlanta, one of those. And so it always looked like the Outrunners were sort of, were sort of backing them up. You know, they were, they were fighting to keep up. But as they said, after the match, with a very nice, arrogant 80s heel promo, yeah, very nice. They're now on AEW, a big place to be. And maybe they've somersaulted over Midnight Heat and then hit an arm drag and, uh, and put them in a Boston Crab. Not exactly, but, you know, maybe they've somersaulted over them now because this was a match against Logan Cruz and Tyshawn Perez, who are not going to win here because they're 0-1-1 already. And there wasn't much to this. They worked well together, the Outrunners. We knew this. And I liked the... Um, and, and there's some double-team work behind the refs' back. They like to celebrate that. Very nice. And um, the end is an odd little thing, really. It's um, it's a power slam, a neckbreaker combo. So up in the power slam and then running by and sort of not being able to get the neckbreaker, just being able to slap the... Just to slap the chest, really. So it's almost as if the opponent's saying, well, I think I could have kicked out of that power slam, but now you've slapped me chest. I think I'm going to be down for the three count. It's a bit odd, but it gets the pin. Good to see the Outrunners again. They are fun, and we do need some of that in AEW at the moment. Now then. AEW are quite high on Bally and Aki, and that's quite right because he likes to use the camera and the camera loves him. Time for your close-up, Mr. Aki. Yes. He's fighting Rico Gonzalez, who actually has a bit of a go, but it's mainly Balian Aki because they're preparing him for big things, I suspect, in AEW, and quite right too. He, um, early on, this is very nice actually, Gonzalez tries for a Hurricane Rana, but Aki just throws him off, lands a kick, hits a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker, a missile drop kick, before Gonzalez can really get going. 
He then decides, I'm just going to chop him. I'm just going to chop him to hell. Chop, 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 chop. Stops. Aki, one chop, puts him down. <laughs> That's a nice bit of wrestling business, isn't it? But Gonzalez is not down and out. Slingshot Moonsault feels very nice, looks very nice. I'm sure it feels a little bit painful, but it looks nice. And then Aki comes back with a kick on the button. Um, a back kick, that would be. And this, his sort of setup for the finisher, and it should be the finisher, really, is a Fisherman Buster, and Excalibur talked us through it. He's quite right. Fisherman Buster position into a Brain Buster on the knee. Now, he's out, mate. He's out. You don't need to go to the top, particularly as he's more than halfway across the ring. Don't! Just pin it. Oh, he splashed him. And it did look good. And he did get the pin. And that was a good match. I enjoyed it. And I'll be looking out for Balian Aki because I think this gentleman is going to go far. That, I suppose, is my prediction. Oh, no. Now everyone's heard it. Oh, well. Yes, I think he will go far. All right, I'm going to say it again. And your main event. You've got half of someone we really recognise from AEW, Takeshita, always superb to see him. He'll be fighting tomorrow, actually. Yes, tomorrow on Dynamite, he'll be fighting MJF for the um, for the title. Yeah. And he is facing off against EJ and Duca, who I know, the judge. Yes. Guilty at parole. Yes. He's not that kind of judge. No, he's um, it's just a name that they're giving him. And he's a big fella, huge. And he's from MLW. And I think he's a big fella, he's huge, he's big fella promos. I'm not sure there's anything else really to him. And I'm looking for something else, actually. This match was only given seven minutes. But they, they I mean, they, they got a lot of work in early on. And Duca, who is um, an ex-American footballer, gets his shoulders into the corner to Takeshita. He doesn't half sell it to Takeshita. He sort of comes out of the buckle to do his selling work and then back in. It's very nice. But Takeshita flies, and you know he can. He's a big bloke as well. High shoulder block. And Duca back with a spear and then a blue thunder bomb. But as Taz says, you should be pinning him. That's the inexperience. Pin him when you've done that. So Takeshita maybe thinks, well, if, if you're not going to pin from it, I'll do one and get the pin from it. And he gets a two count. Then he gets him up. Takeshita gets the huge EJ Unduka up. And he doesn't just get him up and drop him. He gets him up and plants a brain buster. Just fabulous to see. Wonderful. And then he gets that jumping knee, which he likes, which goes right down the middle. It went right down the middle. And he gets the pin. You knew he'd win. But it's nice to see EJ and Duke are getting a bit of a chance at AEW. And he is an impressive looking dude. I just wish he'd had a few more, a few more arrows to his armory. No, strings to his bow. Let's use that one. Yeah. Now then, that was dark. Now it's dark. And I really rather enjoyed it. It's easy to watch. You get a lot of matches. You get some surprising matchups. You get to see people you've never seen before. You get to see people you'll want to see again. And I'm looking forward to watching it week on week for the marvellous Sunday night's main event. I love it. And listen, do you know, for only a dollar a week, you can join, get this, patreon.com forward slash SNME radio. That's all one word. 
and then you can access and hear a variety of wrestling and pop culture podcasts. And you know what? The ones I've heard are blooming well worth it. And I've heard on the grapevine, do, 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 that it's free this week. Yeah. So do get on there and do sign up. You won't be sorry. And do follow me if you want on Twitter at World Weary Guy, on Insta at Steve.Swift088. Twitch is coming soon. And do leave a comment. Either a yes, that was marvellous, or oh my word, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. My shoulders are broad. Not as broad as EJ and Duca's, but uh, we can't have everything, can we? Ta-ta.